You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. You got your happy ending. That's not what this is. It's something else. Well then. Happy beginning. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to a special Hyperion Heights spoiler edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, October 5th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. Tonight, we are doing something very different. We are delivering directly to you a special sneak peek at what's to come in Hyperion Heights. Please welcome my co-host, Katie. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here tonight. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Katie has collected uh, a lot of scoops, a lot of spoilers, some interesting quotes from interviews. So we are very excited to share it with you. But before we start our special Hyperion Heights spoiler edition, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. 
every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. All right, Katie, take it away. Okay, so we do have quite a few things to go over um, that are just kind of little teases and inside looks into the premiere. So, as always, when the show starts, a bunch of news outlets do lots of um, deep looks or teases into the premiere episodes and into the new seasons with the cast with the, um, and with the producers alike. So... Entertainment Weekly actually really did a good job this year specifically. They kind of took over and they did a deep dive article that's like four pages long. It was a huge article um, in an interview with Entertainment er, with Entertainment Weekly with Adam and Eddie. There you go. And yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> and um, they also did a bunch of small articles and interviews with the new cast and the old cast returning alike. And they're really, really interesting. So definitely try to find those if you can, because they give us some really good looks into the new characters and just into the season and into the premiere as a whole. So I'm going to start with the deep dive article. Um, it was, we kind of on our blog, we separated it into four different, um, actual posts mm -hmm. because it was so long. So the first one was kind of talking about the show as a whole and talking about what their plans are. Um, the first question that they put to Adam and Eddie was, what was the first germ of an idea to take the show in this direction? Eddie said, the first time I really started to think about doing what we've been calling the requel, half reboot, half sequel, is around season four. Every year, we kind of reinvent the show, but for us personally, we felt like there was a six-year plan. Either these characters get a happy ending or they don't, but at a certain point, it's going to start feeling like we're just stretching. Adam added, so around season four, when we'd been on for a while and realized it looked like we'd be on for a little while more, the idea of a six-season plan for the first chapter of the story of these characters seemed like the right idea. And then Eddie ended, and I think for us personally, we wanted to be able to end the show the way we wanted to with all the actors that we started with in the pilot. We didn't want to just be like, oh, well, these people are sent off to an island and we're still in Storybrooke. We wanted to end it the way we envisioned it when we pitched the show. At the same respect, we felt like this was an idea that we still loved, we still have fun doing, we still have fun telling, and it felt like fairy tales in the real world are needed more today than they were when we started seven years ago. So in a world where superheroes can reboot, we thought, why not fairy tales? So they kind of asked another question to get a little bit more into that. They said, you've said before that the DNA of the show will still be intact. Can you expand about on that? Adam said, I would never put us in the same category as this, but the analogy could be Star Wars in a sense, which is that you've had these first couple of trilogies, they wrap up, and now we're in a new adventure several years later. We have some of the same characters who are carrying over into it and a bunch of new characters who are telling the story. So the DNA is the same, and again, we're not putting our toes in the League of Star Wars. That, that's 
like one of the greatest their greatest inspirations ever. And then Eddie cut in, but we're saying we're stealing from their reboots. But I mean the general idea of here's Henry, here's Regina, here's Hook, and here's Rumpel on a new adventure within a new book with new fairy tale characters felt exciting to us. And then Adam said, When we talk about the DNA remaining the same, what I think we're referring to is a few things. One thing we're referring to is on a literal level. It's still Henry, he's older, but it's still Henry. Then you have Regina and you've got Hook and you've got Rumpelstiltskin and those characters are all characters we've seen before in the first six seasons of the show. But the adventure and the emotional journey of those six seasons, we feel like we wrapped up the way we wanted to at the end of season six. But now you get to continue on new adventures with them and with some new characters. They also pose the question, via flashbacks, are we going to see a lot of what has happened in the intervening years? And he said, yeah, we're going to be flashing back to the time, as we showed, when Henry left home. We showed the teaser at Comic-Con this year, and we're going to be flashing back to a new period. So we're not going to be going back and showing, oh, this was the time before the first curse. We're in a new book with a new land, so we'll be telling new origin stories, as well as Henry's epic adventure. So... They said as well, the flashbacks we saw in the Enchanted Forest in the finale was that our Enchanted Forest, and they confirmed that that is not our Enchanted Forest, it is a new Enchanted Forest in a new realm. So keep that in mind when we're flashing back to this supposed Enchanted Forest. Um, Talking about flipping over to the other side and talking about Hyperion Heights, what is different in Hyperion Heights than what we saw in Storybrooke. So what are we going to be seeing in the premiere that, um, you know, is obviously going to be completely different from Storybrooke? Adam said, the main difference is Storybrooke was a self-contained small town that only contained the fairy tale characters and they were trapped there. Hyperion Heights is a part of Seattle that the way Brooklyn is a part of New York. We're in a city now and it's more densely populated and it's filled with both fairy tale characters and non-fairy tale characters. And that's another interaction and vibe that we didn't really have in Storybrooke, where it was all the cursed people. So, for the first time in the show, we're really seeing our fairy tale characters in the mix with real people. So there's an element of who is a fairy tale character, who isn't a fairy tale character. And we're dealing with a villain whose goal is quite different than we saw originally in Storybrooke. It was about trapping everyone in there. And this, we're going to see that Lady Tremaine wants to push everybody away and wants to gentrify the neighborhood so that all these characters are separated forever. So they kind of talked a little bit about time. This was a really interesting part of the article for me personally. Um, They posed the question, you've done a relatively large time jump. Is there anything you can say as to just how far ahead we are, both in flashbacks and in Hyperion Heights? Adam said, I would say that it's not as simple as it appears, and we get into that in the first couple of episodes. Eddie said, I would say as long as it takes Henry to go from Jared to Andrew. And then Adam said, but it's just not as simple as it looks because we are not in the year 2030, like I would have assumed. Um, Eddie said, yes, mm. we're not doing sci-fi. As we've said in the past, some realms move at their own time. And then Adam edited it ended it with, but we get into how all that works very quickly. But the present-day Hyperion Heights Seattle stuff takes place in 2017. Which is very interesting to me. Well, um, that also makes sense, too, because I think a lot of people had an issue with 
like how much time actually had passed from the mm-hmm. pilot and up until like whatever season. So yeah. they played around with that a little bit with this and they're able to especially if this other enchanted forest which i hope has a different name um yeah you know if if they move at a different time Mm -hmm. or if they if their time is different than the land without magic and uh, the enchanted forest then that would make sense because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden i'm sure we'll have a flashback in which you know someone from our crew sees henry they're like henry you just left you know three months ago and how old are you now basically or something like that (laughs) yeah exactly so it'll it'll be very interesting to see how this works i agree um yeah i thought that was a very interesting part of the article so we'll definitely see what works throughout this season i think we'll kind of be answering some of those questions but um moving to the second part of the article um they pose the question can you tease anything about the cursed versions of your familiar characters eddie said when we find them in seattle they'll be under cursed personas adam said they're different than the cursed personas we've seen before well it's regina that you've been with for six seasons what she is now in seattle is something different what is allowing us to do is see these same characters in a new way also hook will or uh, also hook never had a cursed persona so this allows us to do something we haven't done with hook before um they kind of you know talked about how they would say that regina never had a cursed persona either because she was the queen and the mayor but she was always awake she was never cursed technically um so it's kind of her first time to have a cursed persona as well sort of um and, you know, they said it's really fun to do to work with these cursed personas as they enter season seven because um, they really can reflect on the characters that everyone has known and loved for the past six seasons um, and see the way that these characters that we have known and love are bubbling through their cursed personas. Um, Adam kind of expounded and said the situations they find themselves in their cursed identities are different. She's not going to. Regina is not going to be the mayor, but you cannot keep Regina down. You cannot keep that spirit away. That character still exists, lives, and breathes, and thrives. Um, and then Eddie kind of teased a little bit into her character and said, if somebody's coming into Regina's neighborhood and telling them they're going to push everyone out, someone has to stand up for the little people, and my bet would be that, that it's her who will do that. Um, they kind of got a little bit into rumple, like not much at all. Basically, the um, EW questioned them, "What about for rumple? We don't know much about his character." Eddie said, "Well, that's how he likes it." And then they said, "Well, does he have a name?" And Eddie said, "The name will be revealed in the premiere. So if you haven't heard the rumors and you don't know what it is, um, you will hear the name in the premiere. So you can look forward to that, I suppose." Um, and then the third part of the article kind of got into the new characters a little bit. Um, you know, they asked, how about Henry and, C- Henry and Cinderella's relationship? Like, how will it compare to Snow and Charming's? Adam said, you can't compare them to Snow and Charming, first of all. Snow and Charming's was always a unique thing. Um, 
and it was amazing and it was something that you really can't duplicate. So they said that what we're hoping for with these two characters is that we find something new that is as exciting to the audience that the audience can really get emotionally invested in. And we want the audience to fall in love with these characters and fall in love with their struggles in a new way. So we're not planning to repeat a love story that we've already told with new characters. What we are doing is keeping romance and love at the center of the show because that's always been a huge part of the show. And we're telling a new love story with these new characters. And then Eddie teased, I would say what we started with Henry and Violet at 14, you're going to see an adult Henry actually find his true love. So he evidently did not end up with Violet. No, he has Cinderella. So it's going to be kind of fun to see their story unfold throughout this new season. Um, so kind of digging, digging a little bit deeper into Cinderella as a person, um, Adam said, I think that we're picking up with Cinderella in the midst of her iconic story, but there is a twist to it. Eddie teased a little bit into her character and said, we'll find out she's not necessarily looking for her prince. And I would say that in Hyperion Heights, we see a single mother who is struggling to keep her family together, keep her life together, keep her head up against many obstacles. And so finding herself once again being Cinderella to the world where she feels like she's constantly cleaning up her mess, but yet she can never get ahead. Um... Lucy is up next. Um, Eddie was talking about her a little bit, and he said, Lucy right now has to bear the burden of the truest believer because her father no longer does. So it's up to her to get people to remain hopeful, and I think that you'll see a lot of Henry in her, but I think you'll also see a lot of her grandmother Snow in her as well. Um, So that's kind of fun to me. I like how not only will she reflect Henry the Henry that we knew and loved in season one, but she'll also kind of reflect snow in her character as well. Um, so the last part of the article is kind of talking about, um, just general things that are going on. Um, like if you remember from the season six finale, there was darkness that was threatening the, enchanted forest and they said is there anything that you can tease about that and adam said you got a hint of it in the finale and i hope you enjoyed it because we are not going to be getting to that right away um it's different than what we've done before in terms of how the curses work and who's employing them and how they're manifesting what you saw in the finale of season six is just a hint and a tip of an iceberg of what's going on in this new fairy tale land we're going to be in um Eddie confirmed and said, we're not going to get there right away. Um, Because if you remember, it seemed like that was kind of towards the end of what we know of Henry so far. Because he had a nine-year-old daughter at that point. Um, So what we're going to do at the beginning of the um, season is we're going to start with the beginning of how did Henry meet Cinderella. Um, So someone... The last question posed, and this is key for anybody who maybe has not caught up with the show yet or hasn't even started watching the show. EW asked, could somebody tune into the first episode of Season 7 and understand where we are as a story? 
Eddie said, yes. In fact, I think that part of the fun with this was being able to start over. And I think that if you've never seen Once Upon a Time, you can absolutely watch episode one and not miss a beat. Because it really is like a pilot and that we explain the situation in the world and what's going on. But if you have watched for six years, then the opening scene of Regina saying goodbye to Henry will mean much more. We wanted to approach it with the hopes that there are new people that can come and watch. There are kids that were maybe too young who are now older and can start once upon a time. And people who feel like, oh, well, I didn't want to catch up on six seasons. They can still jump into the show. So that was it for the deep dive article. Now we'll kind of get into EW's um, character articles that they did on the new... um, new characters that are coming on, as well as um, some of the old characters. So, talking about Regina specifically, um, they said, can you talk about Regina's mindset when we pick back up on her? Lana had to say, can you talk, or sorry, she's kind of given up a little bit on life. She seems a little hopeless when we first meet her. And then Henry comes to town and things start to shift a little bit, as they do. Does it feel like a sudden weird connection when she sees Henry? And Lana said, no, there's nothing there. And I like that. Um, And then they kind of said, does she not like Henry? And they said, no, it's not that she, or Lana said, it's not that she doesn't like him. I think she's just asleep. I don't think she's quite in touch with all of that stuff yet. A few more things need to happen before she starts getting that feeling. Although she is inspired by a character and it kind of shifts her a bit at the end of the first episode. So that was a little bit um, into why um, or what's what we're going to be seeing of Regina in the new um, the new season, um, specifically in the premiere. Um, we've kind of gone over a lot of what they've said about Rumple and Hook. There's not much. Um, Hook is, you know, they just described his character as a kind of stick-to-the-books kind of cop who wants to do good in the world. But as we go along with his character, um, we see that there, he might, there might be a little bit more to him than that. And um, there will be a case that haunts him Um, throughout the season that we'll get tastes of um, as we go. And then Rumpelstiltskin, they really never give us much info, just that he's purposely suspicious, and we will start to see more of his plan and what's going on with Rumpel as the season unfolds, um, probably in the first batch of episodes. So not too much more on them, but... um, If we get into the new characters, um, they did some really good articles with them. And um, we'll talk about Andrew J. West's version of Henry first. Um, So EW asked, what is Henry's mindset when we pick back up with him in the Enchanted Forest, but also in Iperian Heights? Um, Andrew said, in a lot of ways, it's almost like two different people. The Henry that we see in the fairy tale land is more of a direct continuation from where we leave Henry in season six. But what's exciting about him is that he's on a quest. He's got a goal that he's working toward, and that's what makes the character intriguing and fun to watch. In season one, Henry was on a quest then. He was working towards something every episode. So that's where we see him, but he's still in that hopeful 
hopeful, optimistic, heart of the truest believer guy that he's always been. Now, when we pick pick him up in Hyperion Heights, there's very much that essence in there. For the first time, we see this guy dealing with some real trauma, and that has effects on the person who he is, how he behaves, and how he sees the world. That's going to be really cool for fans, too, to see this character that's always been the optimist, always been the one who believes. There's been moments of darkness here and there in the third season with Peter Pan and different things, but he's always been the bright, shining beacon of hope and light. In light. We see him really be challenged for the first time in a serious way in Hyperion Heights. Um, he said, at the same time when we start season 7, we're seeing him at two separate points in his life, and those are two very different Henrys too, because a lot of time has passed between those two points. Um, between the points of seeing him in the Enchanted forest and then seeing him in Hyperion Heights. The person that he is in some of these fairy tale flashbacks that we're going to see and then the person that he is in Hyperion Heights is very different. It's because of the things that have happened to him in the interim that are slowly revealed that we realize why he may seem a little different. Um, so EW kind of pushed him and said, let's talk about Hyperion Heights version of Henry. What kind of dynamic does he have with some of these returning characters like Ronnie, Gold, and Rogers? Um, Andrew said, when we meet him in Hyperion Heights, frankly, he's a little bit of a recluse. He's not a guy who's got his stuff together. He lives alone. He's lonely, frankly. He was a published author, but the writing career is not going well at all for him. He's a swift driver now in order to make ends meet, and he's not in a good place. Now he's not even really part of the Hyperion Heights community initially, but he gets drawn into this world because of this child, Lucy, who comes into his life and kind of forces him to venture out into this world of Hyperion Heights. So that kind of harkens back to um, to Henry with Emma in the pilot episode. Um, so he says... He divulges a little further and says, when he first comes in contact with some of these characters, with Ronnie, he essentially needs her to help him gather some information so that he can help this child that he feels for. He doesn't really know why this child came into his life, but he can tell that she's in trouble and he wants to give her any assistance that he can. He also wants to get her out of his life a little bit because she really throws a wrench in this little cocoon existence that he creates for himself. But he quickly forms a bond with Ronnie, and it's unclear to him, and I think Ronnie also, why they have this connection or why they developed this friendship so quickly because they're strangers. Um, so that's a little bit on... Um, on Henry's new character. Um, so we'll move to Danya Ramirez's new character of Cinderella a little bit. Entertainment Weekly asked um, Danya, tell us about Cinderella and Jacinda and how similar or different they may be. And Danya said, the essence of who she is is the same in both worlds. It's still someone that has gone through a great deal of pain and maybe rejection. For Jacinda in the real world, you're picking her up a few years later. You go back into fairy tale world to fill in the blanks a few years back to understand how the curse is cast and how they ended up in the real world. So the biggest difference between Jacinda and Cinderella is that Jacinda has a daughter. So you get to see a slightly more mature version of Cinderella in the real world because she's been through a lot as Cinderella in the fairy tale world. She has had to deal with her father's passing and getting treated like less than a human being by her stepmother. I think there's a lot of pain and struggle that she's been through in her life. 
Unlike other Cinderella stories, she's not a damsel in distress. She's not waiting to just go and meet the prince and marry him and have this guy come and sweep her off her feet. She's really taking action and really taking things into her own hands and is more of a rebel as a younger version in the fairy tale world. There's a lot of those rebellious moments that she has as Jacinda in the real world. However, she has her daughter to think about. So there's a different weight to her actions that takes place in the real world that doesn't take place for her in the fairy tale world. And there's a different kind of freedom that she has in the fairy tale world because of that, because she's really just fighting for herself. So I was just kind of talking a little bit about the differences between fairy tale world Cinderella and Jacinda in Siberian Heights. So they also questioned, is Ronnie's the neighborhood bar that everybody goes to is that like where everybody knows your name and she said it's the hangout place it's a place to be honestly it feels like i would hang out there i'm originally from new york so i like the fact that it's exposed brick it's dimly lit you can go have dates there or a private meeting there you just never know um so that's a little look into um ronnie's bar that um danya gave us um but it's it's a long article, but those are just a few quick teases. Um, but definitely, definitely go to EW site and um, and read those because they give you a lot of insight into the characters and what they're going to be bringing to the show. Um, so let's get a little bit into Gabrielle Anwar's character, um, Lady Tremaine. So EW asked, Tell us about Lady Tremaine as a character. What is she driven by? Gabrielle said, Lady Tremaine for me, and there have been many incarnations before me, I think she is driven by every passing second on the clock that she is becoming an older woman. And I think that is a very brutal rite of passage for most women, particularly those that were the trophy wife, which I am building her character on. There's a tremendous amount of greed and a little bit of pompousness to her, but I think it's fueled daily, which is a wonderful character trait, because with every passing moment of the day, she becomes more and more unbearable, because she's getting older and older, and it's inevitable. Um, So they said, how is Victoria different from Lady Tremaine? Because Victoria is the Hyperion Heights version of Lady Tremaine in the Enchanted Forest. And they say, I or Gabrielle says, I think she's the same character in a contemporary world. She's still using the same chronic manipulations and desperately unkind puppeteering of her stepchild, Drizella, and the not Drizella, Cinderella, and the shape of materialism and physical control of her life and her daughter's life. It's just a contemporary version of what she's doing in fairy tale existence. Um they, in just a, just a last little look, um, to give you a little tease, they asked, we actually don't technically know if she cast the curse, but how would you say she's taking advantage of being in, Hyper- in Hyperion Heights? And Gabrielle said, I think she's trying to eradicate the inhospitable characters that aren't behooving her journey. She's doing so with capitalism, essentially. She's raising the rent, she's building new buildings that none of these people can afford because they're regular folks. They're not coming in with extraordinary amounts of finances in order to be able to supplement such extraordinary reality costs. Or reality costs. I mean, it's a common activity in most of these up-and-coming neighborhoods all over the country, in major cities particularly. Um, 
the biggest followers of the show always want to know who's in charge of the curse. It's so funny, and I find it very amusing. And the truth is, to be perfectly honest, most of the cast doesn't know because we truly are kept in the dark. I know that you hear this on every show, and I've certainly worked on shows where I didn't really know where the plot was headed, but I certainly haven't been so kept in the dark as I am with Disney. Um, so moving on to Drizella, um, Adelaide Kane plays her, and so they did kind of a nice article on her new character. Um, they said, tell us what Drizella is like as a character. And she said, Drizella, Drizella. Drizzy, evil stepsister, wicked stepsister. I don't know if she's evil, but she's been a lot of fun to play. I'm in really cute clothes. Um, she seems like a very high-strung, slightly ditzy young woman, and she's just very petty. She's kind of like that awful bully in high school, except that she doesn't know how to win people to her side. So she's just alone, snappy, snarky, sarcastic, and miserable all of the time. It's been a lot of fun. I get some really fun lines where I can just snap back at people. I've been having a great time. She's very funny. She's the worst in a hilarious way. Um, and so, you know, they questioned, what is... What is Ivy like then? Ivy is the Hyperion Heights counterpart to Drizella. Um, she said, same thing, different reality. To make it worse, she works for her mother. So not only is she incompetent as a daughter, but she's incompetent as an assistant, like as a professional woman. She's under her mother's boot heel all day, not just at work, but at home as well. She can't really escape her, and her mother has become her own world, not through her choice, but through how incredibly controlling her mother is. So that's a little look into Drizella's character. Um, so we'll get into Makia Cox's Cox's <laughs> version of Tiana. This was a really fun article, um, so definitely check this one out for sure. Um, but Entertainment Weekly asked her, what was your first day like on set? And Makia said, so they had been working at least a week, maybe two weeks before I actually came in. My very first day was a big day. It was the ball. There was just a lot going on. There was a ton of extras, 100 extras, and it was in front of a green screen. It was my first time doing that, and it was fun. It was pretty amazing. She said, a little backstory on me. My very first professional job was at the age of seven, and I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I danced as a kid of the kingdom at the Magic Kingdom in Disney. So getting to be able to play the first black Disney princess and is a big deal for me. I remember wanting to be a Disney princess when I was that age, and I remember actually when you turned 16, you were allowed to be a princess in the parades, and I was like, yeah, when I turn 16, I'm going to do that. And then I was like, who am I going to be? I can't play anyone. And so when the movie came out in 2009, I was like, oh, some little girl has the opportunity to do that now. So jumping into that character the first day was a big deal for me. Of course, you're trying to play it cool. Um, then EW kind of went into her character and asked her to tell us a little bit of what Tiana is like as a character. Um, Makia said, so there's Sabine, and Sabine is Princess Tiana in the real world. I'm pretty close to this character, like they write in a way that I talk, so I literally have to look over the scripts once, and it's in my brain. And then Tiana, it was about 10 years ago, and she is the character who is, basically, her backstory is happening in episode 5, and so she has come from an interesting background, and it makes you understand where she is now. 
Her main thing is she has her eyes on this goal of hers, which is cooking. She's always loved cooking, and you go back and you see how she gained this entrepreneurial spirit that she has, and that it brought into the real, and that is brought into the real world. But you don't really understand why she has it until you go back and explain her story. Um, they kind of got into Jacinda and Sabine's relationship a little bit. Um, they said Jacinda and Sabine are roommates in Hyperion Heights. What is their dynamic like? Um, and Makia said, it's fun. Just yesterday, Dania was like, how did they know we were going to be so good together? We didn't have a chemistry read or anything, but immediately we bonded. Their relationship is really fun. I hope that the fans will see their relationship and think, yeah, that's real. I know that. I have that with my friends. I think they're more like sisters than they are like roommates. They're just close. They're like family. Auntie Sabine is what Lucy calls my character. They've been together so long that it's surpassed roommates so there's a little look into Makia Cox's character um, so we'll move to Rose Reynolds character of Alice um, telling us a little about Alice as a person um, Rose says she's streetwise she's a streetwise orphan she's got eyes all over Hyperion Heights she's stealthy she's clever and she's very independent but she's very enigmatic enigmatic so we don't know a lot about her in the beginning, and she keeps striking up unlikely friendships with Hook and Gold. I think she's very much on her own terms, so she'll be friends with you, but you don't know how long for. As I say, Tilly, or the Hyperion Heights version of Alice, has is the eyes of Hyperion Heights. She sees everything, and she's also the source of lots of information for lots of people. We actually meet her in the first episode, but episode four is a big one for her. Um, and then the last question they asked her is, what do you think Alice ultimately wants? Um, and Rose said, that's very evident in a scene we just shot in episode 707. She wants to be a part of something. She is this loner. She's independent, but she is lonely, and she wants to be a part of something. She wants to feel connected with people, and I think she desperately wants family. I think she's desperately looking and searching for that. That's what drives her a lot of the episodes, a lot of the scenes that we've been exploring and playing with at the moment. It's where am I and where do I belong, which I think is such a universal idea that young people and even old people or middling people often find. Where do I belong? Where am I now and where am I going and all of this stuff? And it's scary. For Alice, in particular, it is that sense of who am I, where am I going, and who can I trust? So I think that's what she really wants. She wants someone she can trust. She wants to be part of something, which is really poignant, actually, and it's quite moving to play with. So that was kind of a little look into her character as well. Um, so that's the majority of the articles that have come out talking about just the characters and the deep dive. Um, there's one... One last article I kind of wanted to go over a little bit. The Wrap is the, is the um, site that did this article. And the title of the article is Once Upon a Time Creators on Why They're Nervous as Hell About the Season 7 Premiere. So here's the quotes that kind of explain that a little bit. 
Eddie said, we're really excited for everyone to see, and we're nervous as hell, and that's kind of how things have been going. We feel like this is the show you still love, is in the DNA of how we've done this. Unlike premieres of years past, this is much more of a brand new pilot in that we're introducing everybody in this world with new characters and new adventures. Um, anytime you do something new, there's always going to be someone questioning, why are you doing something new? We hope the audience will like it, but at some point you have to be fearless. Because when our show started, everyone predicted our show to be the first cancelled. And seven years later, we're still talking to you. We swung big then, and I don't know how we're going to keep going if we don't keep trying that. So, that's pretty much all I have. Um, so, yeah, looks like the premiere is going to be kind of an exciting one. Um, so definitely, definitely tune in, um, and we'll see all of these new characters and our old characters alike who, um, are going to be having new personas and new names for us to deal with. So it's going to be an exciting new ride. Definitely don't... Think about this as the old stories that we love from the show, but uh, kind of like a new pilot. Um, so keep that in mind and go on with an open mind, and I think it's going to be a great adventure. I agree. And programming notes for our listeners, you all are used to downloading uh, the newest and latest episode of our podcast, Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, on Tuesdays. That will remain the same in this new season, but we are switching things up a bit, and our spoiler section will actually be getting its own individual download. So, Wednesdays, we will be releasing our spoiler edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. So, just a programming note for everyone that is tuning in, that has downloaded us, uh, you know, expect two podcasts per week, starting uh, this brand new season. Yay! That's exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> I am as well. Alright, everyone. So, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, Storybrooke Weekly Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts, just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Katie, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. We'll talk to you after the premiere is on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives 
and download our special spoiler edition of Storybook Weekly Mirror every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night. Thank you.